Welcome to Camp Divination. We are your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And I'm Carly. We're here to talk Bigfoot tonight. Let's get right into it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the Falk Monster, also known as the Boggy Creek Monster. I'm, I, I think right off the top, we should just get to Carly. Yes. What is your approach to to these types of of situations with tarot like how do you communicate with uh because most people associate tarot with you know communicating with the dead with right the the dead yeah. or your spirit guides or usually you associate tarot with human entities but it works the exact same way with non-humans you can use it to talk to animals aliens you know you name it it'll work the same what about way my recently deceased dog I yep. wonder if she misses could do me. that too. I could do that. She definitely misses um, you. Pretty positive. Does. The answer is yes. Mm. I'm positive. Yeah, I'm positive that she does. But so it it all works the same way. It just like it feels like speaking a slightly different language, which is funny because in real life I don't speak any other languages. I'm actually really bad <laughs> at um learning any other language. Um, but it it does feel that way. Like um talking to an animal literally to me feels like communicating with an animal it, it they have their own different energy signatures so what i do is i have a little mental profile in my mind and if i am communicating with something that is non-human i kind of rotate through my file folder in my head and i try to match it with what feels closest that i have personally experienced and if I don't have anything that matches up, it doesn't mean that it's not real. It just means I haven't interacted with something like that before. So in this case, I have, in fact, talked to a Bigfoot through cards before um, for a couple of different people. I pulled cards on their Bigfoot experiences. Um, those were private readings, so I'm not going to go into those. But um, I do have a general idea of what a Bigfoot feels like. And I am extra excited because based on the stories y'all told in this week's episode, I am curious to know if it's going to feel the same because the stories were much more aggressive than the Bigfoot encounters I was pulling cards on. So I'm wondering, is it going to feel the same or is it going to feel more uh, aggressive? And I am thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's I I was just really because in the episode even I think I mentioned like I I guess I just think of tarot as like communicating with the other side mm-hmm. whatever the other side is right so right but people do tarot readings for you know for themselves right for people you're mm-hmm. reading people with the cards so if it is like a flesh and blood creature or if it's something else I think it, both those options fit into. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that if you think of it like your five fingers on the same hand that we talk about a lot, where yeah. you you mentioned it in the episode too, it, I found it very amusing that Ryan thought that that was bullshit <laughs> for the record. <laughs> yeah. Um, I find that theory fascinating. But if you look at it through that lens, I'm just an asshole. then <laughs> you, te- you technically are communicating like, I, I, I will say that they feel distinctly different to me, the different categories, but it could just be the way that I'm perceiving the energy that I am yeah. 
encountering. But either way, whoever I'm communicating with is giving me answers. It's just is giving it to me in ways that I can process and understand. So, okay. So obviously there are like three separate fields of study that divides like ufology, paranormal and cryptozoology. So it makes sense to me that, I mean, people perceive them as being different. Right. Right. So Mm -hmm. your perceptions would color your interactions with those also the same way they would if you were, you know, encountering a ghost or a UFO. I've never seen a UFO and I really want to. But also, yes. And I think like I I don't know how to I don't want it to sound like egotistical in any way, but like I think that what's different about the way that I approach it is that I'm just I'm excited about all of the possibilities. And so like I kind of it, it's like the equivalent of a puppy like bouncing in and chasing a tennis ball where I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> I don't know. Let's uh, let, let's see. Can I talk to this? Let's find out. Um, but I, I think since I am generally, I, I'm a skeptical believer, but I'm also pretty open-minded. Like if I get to the point where we're pulling cards, I go in with an open enough mind to see what the cards tell me. And from that perspective, I, I don't know if that makes me more open than your average reader or if it's just that my methods or my curiosity, I don't know what it is or some combination of all of the above. I think that anybody could do what I'm doing. I don't think that it's like a, a unique thing to me. It's just it makes sense to me and I understand it. <laughs> well, you don't have like a strong opinion on one way or the other with any like any of those fields, right? No. No, I So I think that's what makes you more unique in that case. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like I I want all of these things to be true. Of course. Like Fox Mulder style, like <laughs> I would love I would fucking love to see I I would love to see any cryptid. I'd love to see a UFO. I would love to experience any of these things. I haven't, but I'm not I'm not like I'm not saying it's not possible either. Yeah. So, open-minded like I believe I'm not saying they're real and I'm not saying that they're not real. So yeah, yeah, that's a, and that, that is how I tend to go into these things where like, if, if one of you had an experience with this creature, I would take you seriously and I would pull cards like it was a real thing. And depending on what the cards say would guide the conversation. So if the cards were like, Hey, it probably wasn't that like I I would tell you that and I would help you process and understand what really happened as far as I understand the interpretation of the cards. But I also believe that your experiences are real and valid. Sometimes they just need a little bit of extra clarification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that position is one of the, the things that makes you fit in so well on the show. Yay. Because that's pretty much how Ryan and I have approached this whole thing the entire time. Right. Mm-hmm. Aside from the fact that I think Ryan, I think Ryan is a true blue alien believer. I mean, yeah. I've also seen UFOs. They really want us to do. So. <gasps> Gasp. Fair enough. I'm, exci- I'm excited for a UFO episode. I don't know what deck I'm going to use yet. I've been thinking about it because I know it's going to okay. happen. But I'm very Coming excited up. for that. So, okay. Yeah. I'm Coming up. I realized uh, yesterday... That I'm super excited for the first time we cover a cult that is <gasps> like an. Uh, there are so many cults that are offshoots of the LDS Church. 
<laughs> I am also very excited for that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. I would be thrilled. This would be, I have so much expertise in that area, exactly. as you know. Yeah. <laughs> That'll probably be a long one. <laughs> I was born. I was born for this. It will be. I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> Clear your schedules. Right, I'll just take I have a week words. Off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to yeah. Bigfoots. What are your questions, gentlemen? Okay, so I, I I think the I think the big question up front is what can we find out about like the true nature of the folk monster? Oh, is this a flesh and blood the true creature? Nature. I think or, that's what I that's what I really where where my thoughts are going. Is it flesh and blood? Is this something more? Because that was especially one of the okay, things we had talked so- about during the episode. So I, huh, what an odd answer. I am using the Oracle of Oddities, which is a sister deck to the Memento Mori. And I actually do not understand this answer at all, if I'm being perfectly honest. So I'm going to go through them. We have Reflect, which usually if Reflect comes up, you need to reflect on your life or your actions. Sorrow. Ending, love, empathy, eternity, and growth. Is this flesh and blood or is this interdimensional? Or really, is it just... uh, I would say... I guess the third option I would put out is like, is it just like a manifestation of some collective fear? Yeah. Right? Let me ask that because that the answer that I got seems like it... Well, I was going to say that those cards are kind of like an in-between. Like it seems like at one point this was something but with the ending so with those initial cards my inclination would be interdimensional but that doesn't mean that it's not flesh and blood it just means that it's not like always here but what did you what was your second question i'm sorry oh i was just saying that i guess the third option would be maybe it's sort of a manifestation of of a group manifestation of of fear of collective right like group hysteria okay um like Oh, that's interesting. I think potentially, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we have the Memento Mori, which is... And Memento Mori is... It's death. It's changing. It's evolving. And then we have the Goddess card, which um, is... In this case, I think it is breathing life into um, something or like literally giving life to something because women give birth. In mythology, the Goddess creates life. Uh, but then we have separation, which is an interesting card. So almost like that aspect has been cut off. And then we have voice, which almost feels like um, speaking into existence. And then observe. And the thing about the observe card is that it is, it's a picture of a uh, of a human. It's like a, it's a skeleton, but there's also some muscle and sinew, but it's looking up at butterflies and it's got flowers around it. So it is looking, it's like decaying, but it's looking at the beauty around it. So I, uh, I would lean based on those cards. I would lean towards manifestation yeah. of like a, a human manifestation. But with that, that also doesn't necessarily mean that it's not real. Right. Because humans, like we as humans do have the ability to create monsters. And 
see them and interact with them. I mean, I'm I'm actively running the Philip experiment. Like it is like yeah. uh, Joy and I have been interacting with the ghosts that I'm creating. <laughs> so like it's you know it 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 is real and not real at the same time. Yeah. So so maybe that from there. Maybe that, that maybe that you? opens the door to the <laughs> Falk monster being some kind of egregore or tulpa, or, or as mm-hmm. we had talked about, maybe something that has since died off or been yep. ran out of the area it or whatever, could, oh. and people have yeah, and the modern version created of it the is stories more. of it over the year that you know that much more developing on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, a tulpa or egregore, um, sort of inspired by something that used to be there that people really did see in flesh and blood form. Mm -hmm. So I pulled, I have two separate stacks here. I pulled for the egregore or the tulpa. And then I also pulled for the manifestation of something that used to be here. And interestingly, it might be a little bit of both. I'm not like thousand percent confident but on the egregore or the tulpa front, we start with hope, which is, again, you can look at hope as a collective belief. And then we have humanity. So a collective belief in humans. But then we have a card that indicates the third eye. And in the witchy circle, that's, you know, uh, psychicness, yeah. seeing without seeing, right? But the interesting thing is when we get to, is this a manifestation of something that used to be because then we get the cooperation card so like working together and then we have hunt and the hunt card is one that i typically actually struggle with because sometimes when it comes up i'm like what the fuck are you talking about like what (laughs) what do you mean what do you mean i almost always have to ask for clarification on the hunt card but in this instance to me hunt is a desire uh, like a, a deep desire, right? And then we have Earth. Um, and in a mediumship reading like this for a non-human entity, this would indicate a Earth-based spirit to me. Like this is something from the Earth, not human um, nature spirit type thing. So could this have once been real? Yes. Could this also have been um, reanimated by human belief? Also, yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> That's my, yeah. I feel like that was also the theme of the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, they're normally not always yes ands, I promise. Um, <laughs> but on this show. Yeah. <laughs> on this show. <laughs> on this show. No, it's just this, this went, well, and the interest, because you guys said that like, it was a very specific time frame that activity right. was happening, right? I don't remember. Yeah, it was like it was at 70s, years, I'm sorry. 70s. Yeah. Yep. The early mm-hmm. 70s was the height of activity, but there were sightings that predate it going back to mm-hmm. the early 1900s, and there are sporadic mm-hmm. sightings since then, but never as high as it was in the 1970s. I mean, yeah. When did the... Um, the Bigfoot film, I'm sorry, my I'm like halfway... 72. Okay, so this would have been pretty fresh on everyone's oh, yeah. mind at the time, mm-hmm. yep. right? That's why I thought Egregore, okay. because sightings exploded after that movie blew up. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, just, you have mm-hmm. a, a large chunk of society all thinking about this monster. 
wanting, wanting to see, to see it, it. Yeah. going mm-hmm. out looking for it, right. wanting to see it. Yes, right. That's yep. desire and hunt specifically going out and looking for it. And so, but that's the most interesting thing to me is that the power of the human mind and the power of belief. You really can make whatever you want possible. So, like, if you were able to harness that, mm-hmm. you actually could make what you wanted happen. I have yet to learn yeah. that, obviously. Manifestation's like, a long game. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. To, yeah. You know, yeah, it's a it's a whole thing. Um I've only accidentally haunted <laughs> myself a few times. And but like but it it's a fascinating concept because yeah, the the power of of collective belief. But I am interested because there were some very aggressive, aggressive experiences that people had with this monster, right? So, like, if they manifested it, is it because they thought that it would be aggressive? I mean, if we consider the fact that the seed was planted for a lot of people by a fucking horror movie. I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, then... It's it's portrayed to be like this, so that's what everybody is going to expect. Yep. People mm-hmm. were out there looking mm-hmm. for, they weren't looking for like to sit down and have tea with the thing. Like they were expecting to find a monster. Right. They were expecting to find yep. a monster and they did find a monster. Yes. Well, <clears throat> okay. So just for shits and giggles. Okay. Do you guys have any other questions? First of all. Oh yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. And then, and then let's do, let's okay. do an experiment at the end. So remind me yep. in case I forget, please. And thank you. Okay. So um, okay, what do you want to ask next? I, I sort of, I'm, I'm curious if basically what is like the purpose or message behind the, the monsters appearances? Like, are they random or is there d- some deeper meaning behind them? My cards have thoughts. Good. <laughs> you know, because with the, with the ego and the opposition followed by change, um, nexus, community, empathy coming together and stability, it would seem like the purpose was to bring people together. Um, that feels very woo-woo. <laughs> yeah. I think a, I think a major theme in the, during that time period was environmentalism. Yeah. There was, I mean, in the, in the 70s in general... Yeah. Um, the 70s in general were a huge time for the environmentalist movement. And down there, it was it was really strong to try and there was a sort of push to yeah. save the wetlands. Right. And so a lot of people relate the Falk monster with sort of lost ha- habitat. And so actually concerns the concern over protecting the wetlands in the name of the Falk monster may have done a lot of good for nature con- conservation in the end, right? So Yeah. Yeah. I kind of I kind of like that in a weird way. <laughs> like, you know what? What what a strange way to make change happen. Monsters. We all save the monsters. We yeah, all need to monsters. be terrified <laughs> into doing the right thing. You know, this is some Marley and Marley shit. <laughs> if that's what it takes. That's- Marley if that's what Marley. it takes, yes. then Whoa. yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> also, I think I smell a t-shirt. Save the Save monsters. Save the monsters. You know? 
Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next question, please and thank you. I think I'm I'm curious about the Ryan, do you have a question? I, I've been trying to think it. I mean, honestly, I'm still stuck on on this just being all something fabricated. Well, but, but if by, if you you know some I mean, which we've already talked about, which I honestly okay. lined up with my thoughts. Yeah. Being something that maybe was once there that now has has been just kind of built up over the years. I think as a means of scaring people away from the area, keeping kids out of the woods, um, campfire tales, I mean, just to, you know, scare people in the community. I mean, yeah, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it was an earlier time period. So, I mean, you know, a lot of people are going out camping and doing stuff like that. So, yeah, like what better way to scare people and get them amped or pumped for it than talking about some monster that's probably out yeah, there. Absolutely. I think that's kind of where I'm still at. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty curious. I'm pretty curious to get like some insight from the monster's perspective. Like that's what I was going to say earlier, how the, yeah. Like, like how, how does the, the Falk monster himself feel about, or itself, I guess, um, feel about its interactions with people. You're just out there trying to live, bud. So I would say, like, I haven't flipped over my cards yet, but I would say that this feels more like what I'm used to with regular Bigfoot, with, like, a desire to not necessarily be perceived. Um, So I'm going to flip over the cards now. The first one is Transformation, which is an interesting start. God. Um, ending... So we had God and Goddess, and then we have a card that indicates the throat chakra. So the ending would probably be, oh, that's weird. We actually have the Goddess card here. So we have the God card, the Goddess card. Okay, hold on. I'm going to pull in extra deck here because we have transformation, which would be a literal changing of forms, right? So like if this was a human and the transformation card came up, I would say that you are literally going through a transformative period in your life. You are moving from one phase of your life to another. In the case of the Falk monster, this could be a extinction, extinction event or whatever. Um, but then we have the God card, which would indicate some sort of, I don't want to say divinity, but we have God and goddess here. We have ending, which again would look at an extinction event, but then we have the throat chakra card, which again would indicate speaking into existence and the goddess card, which is um, birthing. So like the god of destruction and the goddess of life almost. Um, But I don't completely understand what this is saying. So I'm going to pull from the Memento Mori just because I am more familiar with this deck. Um, the Oracle of Oddities, I usually, I like to pull from it when it's a non-human thing. But every once in a while, I go, what the fuck are you saying? And this is one of those times. So, um, Would you would you mind if I offered my insight I don't on mind at all. I would love to know what you think. Go for it. Because I feel, I feel like that's, like, I feel like that spread is sort of screaming the uh the transition from flesh and blood to to egregore to whatever you want to call uh-huh. it to folklore creature to see right. i got that with the th- basically that yeah. I mean, that's that's what it with seemed the like throat, yeah, yeah 
Yeah, it's just, yep. it's interesting. Oh, see, we have the sacred stone. So ancient power, the grave, being at peace. The painting, a beautiful life. But the interesting thing about the painting, too, is that it is it, it is a portrait of a human. It, it is a human construct. The casket screw is an ending. Uh, okay, so we have the hair, which is to hide in the hairbells, which would mean, okay, so if this was once a flesh and blood creature, then it is possible that for a time there was like a secret little population of them that managed to like pass yeah. human. See, and that's what I've right? always thought is they, the viewing, there's a group. Yeah. Yes. Yes, a little group of them, and it is possible that there could be a little group of them left. I'm not entirely sure about that. But the viewing table is interesting because the viewing table is to be on display or to be in the public eye. Yeah. And um, it it <laughs> the car depicts like what you would expect to see in a funeral home where like a, if a body was on this table, that's what you would expect at a funeral. Um, so okay. to me, that would indicate that like there may be a group of them that have been holding out or hiding, but um, yeah, I, I think it goes back to back to man-made. And so I don't know how much emotion or thought was in those encounters because if they were man-made, I don't know if they stopped to give the egregore the thoughts and emotions that it would need to experience them. If that makes sense, like uh, my only experience with trying to create an egregore is with my Philip experiment, and I have been giving him emotions. <laughs> so, like, but it, it would indicate a more like it. It it just it just kind of feels detached, is what it feels like to me. Like it's not like the hiding in the hairbells is the most the the um the hair card that was that was the most emotion that I felt in those cards and to me it it mostly felt like like close held secrets but I didn't there isn't a lot of emotion from any of these cards and I work mostly off of emotions like what the cards tell me I process and I interpret but um Without the emotions to guide me, it's kind of just like, I don't know. (laughs) Following disconnected clues. Yeah. Yeah. So like my take on those, I I would say that there is a possibility that there is like a holdout group. I do think that probably what people experienced was man-made. I don't... I, I wouldn't deny the possibility that it was real because I do think people experienced something, but I think they experienced what they expected to experience. And so like, I mean, if you stop engaging with an egregore or a tulpa, if you stop giving it energy and attention, it kind of just fades away, right? Yeah, which we've seen with the, mm-hmm. with the drastic decline in sightings. Right. Over the decades. Mm-hmm. Um, but you feel right. like there's a distinct separation between whatever flesh and blood creature might have existed or might still exist and this this folklore version. Mm, I think it's the same. I feel like, you know, in Fern Gully, 
<laughs> um, <laughs> the movie Fern Gully. Um, when Zach comes and he's like cutting down all the trees and he gets shrunk down and now he's fairy sized and he experiences this entire other world. I feel like it's that where it's it's happening alongside us and we are just unable to see and experience the world that they are living in. And I don't necessarily like could it be interdimensional? Yes. But if you use Ferngully as an example, Ferngully is happening in the same world. There's no veil that was passed through. There wasn't any time slip. It just was, I mean, it was magic for lack of a better word. Um, right. You know, Krista spells Zach and he shrinks down to a fairy and then all of a sudden he can experience their world. So it could be that for like, a window of time we were able to see into their world. But if you think about it from an animal's perspective, if they have been hidden from the eyes of humans and like, realistically speaking, we are the dangerous creatures here, you know, like we are, we are the danger. We are what you should hide from, right? If you are, an animal or a cryptid or something like that. We are the thing to be afraid of. We are the thing that goes bump in the night. Um, I think that it may be a case like that where for a little while the worlds collided, but at the end of Fern Gully, Zach goes back to a full-size human and he no longer can interact with Krista and the other fairies. Um, it That's not quite it, but that's the closest pop culture reference that yeah. I can pull from. <laughs> that's fair. So maybe interdimensional, yeah, you know? but on a on the level of perception, right? Because yeah, yeah, maybe that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, because a world disconnected, like two worlds disconnected, may as well be two different dimensions. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. And when they're Those suddenly yeah. challenging yeah. cases, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Bring bring me the challenges. So what I'd like to do, I'm going to switch deck. I'm going to use the Memento Mori just because I I speak its language a little bit better. And I'm I'm going to do the same question. Um, and I'm I kind of just want to ask the Falk monster directly if it has anything to say about these encounters because yeah. I yeah I just. I feel like I'm missing something here. Like, I'm not sure that I, I will have a good answer for this one. But let's just ask if Falk Monster has anything to add. It is interesting because I can feel it a little bit more than I did. Okay, the tower. Okay, so the tower card in the Memento Mori is not the same. It, it has a similar meaning as the tower in Tarot, but it also means a stronghold. Or like almost like a fort, like a, a, a protection, like they have doubled down on something, right? Like they are they are working hard to uh again, I'm sorry for the pop culture reference, but you know when Gandalf says keep it secret, keep it safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep it keep it secret, keep it safe. That's what's in my head right now. Okay. So then we move on to the child, which is new beginnings. It can also be black eyed children, but it's not that in this case, which is a little bit of a bummer. Um, and <laughs> but then we That'd have be pretty cool. it would be pretty cool. Great crossover. I'm not gonna lie. It it would be terrifying, like 
never do I ever wish to encounter a black eyed child, but also, yeah, like that's one I'm com- good on. Like, com- <laughs> yeah, I've had I, dreams. you know, I, I, no, thank you. Even in dreams, uh, stay away from mm-hmm. me. Adults against spotting. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. Adults against spotting. Um, that so the next card is the hair, which again is to hide in the harebells, literally to disguise oneself, and then the snail card. And the snail is interesting because the snail carries its home on its back, but it also is to move slowly. But it's almost like you wouldn't necessarily notice a snail moving in the forest unless you were specifically looking for a fucking snail. You know what I mean? Like, this is obviously much, much bigger than a snail, but it's almost like it's made it its mission to blend in with its environment to the extent that you really would not notice it unless you were paying very specific attention, okay? And the next card is the chess uh, chess piece, and that is a card of strategy. It is a strategic movement. So this was a strategic choice to disappear into the forest, to, to be hidden, okay? Then we have... The Memento Mori card, once again, all things must die. And then the runes. And the runes to me always means intuition. So I think that it's a little bit of, it's flesh and blood, yes. Oh, there's some reference to something that I'm not understanding. It's like a, you know, in King Kong, the one with Adrian Brody, is that his name? Yes. Yes. Okay. With the like the inner earth thing. Yep. Yeah. It's like that, but it's like that, but not like hidden in plain sight, but like hollow earth. There's a language. Yeah. Hollow earth. Thank you. But there's like a language barrier happening where like that was a distinct answer. But I don't understand it. I mean, hollow earth is one of our favorite subjects on the show. <laughs> and that was one of the things I said before is maybe it is flesh and blood, but it exists in some like pocket or hollow yeah. earth See, area. I, I, yeah, I I do think that there could be like a pocket of them that are still existing and that don't want to be found. But I think that what was experienced in the 70s was man-made, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I that would be, yeah that that it that is my best guess that what what it what happened in the seventies was man made, a manifestation of it, but that there is a pocket that does not want to be found. Um, and I feel like there's more, but I I don't. I don't understand. This is one of those times when I'm like, wow, it would be helpful if I was one of the mediums that could like hear things. Cause like I can feel it's like, have you ever talked to someone who's like speaking in another language and they're like rapidly speaking at you? Yeah. But you're like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, it, it, it's that feeling. It's that feeling, but it's, it's only in my head, which sounds like. A little bit crazy. <laughs> so l- let me just like, let me just ask it to slow. Because <laughs> like I, 
it's weird because it's not like the urgency that I feel from some ghosts. Because some of the ghosts that I talk to just desperately want to tell me about the horrible thing that happened to them. And that's not the case because this has been very clear that like, hey, <sighs> no, thank you. Yeah, we're good here. We don't want we don't want to be found by humans. But there is there is something else. So I'm literally going to ask, what am I not? understanding because there is 1,010% something that I am not understanding here. That's a lot of percent. It is a lot of percent. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> I am. I am very. Oh, look at this. Uh, look at so it's the amputation saw. It, it, it's the amputate. Oh, all of this. Okay. Never mind. Okay. It, they just they really don't want to be seen or perceived by humans is that that is the end all be all of this. So we have the amputation saw, okay. which is removing oneself, r- removing a toxic influence. In this case, not you. us specifically, <laughs> but humans, yeah. humans, we are the toxic, we're the toxic things. But then we have the viewing table. So removing, removing a toxic influence, the viewing table. No, yeah. thank you. No, ma'am, we don't want to be seen. The syringe is to protect oneself from uh, sickness. Again, <laughs> humans. Then we have the coffin nails, the final nail in the coffin, um, an ending. An angel, uh, which is a positive supernatural being. And then, and then, bats, which is adapting the underworld, it can be a family unit, but in this instance, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw y'all a bone to your hollow earth theory. I'm not saying that that is accurate. I'm just saying that there is enough there to say secret pocket society. <laughs> nice. Is the earth hollow? I like to think I don't it know. is. <laughs> but see, whew, we that, have... was a, that was a workout. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. I think we've sort of adapted our version of hollow earth where because there are some like nutcases with hollow earth mm-hmm. right that literally mm-hmm. think like everything below the mantle is empty and there's like a second sun inside the earth and all that yeah. shit. see but i i also buy into like i think there i think there's like i i i personally i mean i don't know i know it sounds kind of far-fetched and out there but i believe that there's like an ocean hidden deep within hollow earth like we have a whole like I feel like that wouldn't surprise me very much, to be honest. If there was, if there was a secret ocean under the earth, I'd be like, "All right, yeah." Like, I believe that it. seems like one of those like <laughs> science dot com headlines that you read, and you're like, "Yeah, but that doesn't help me pay for groceries this week, so I'll just move on." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. There's probably dinosaurs down there. Oh my God! If there was everything a dinosaur, that's died off, you know, um, on the surface level, what if there still was a Taz? And thrives. What, what if one of the Falk monsters just like nabbed a Tasmanian tiger and was like, "You poor, precious baby, come with me, come with me," and was just like, "Oh, look at your wide fucking mouth! Come here, it's a baby, it's a baby, come here, live in the it's underworld possible. with me. I- it is possible." <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. no. I I will say these are two of the most challenging readings that I've done in ages and I am absolutely thriving. Like I am awesome. I am I am loving this. Um yeah. please keep challenging me. I don't I actually don't know what to think about this. I thought that I was going to 
I thought that I was going to walk into this and have a more specific idea of what we were dealing with because I I have read for Bigfoot before and I was very certain with that one. It was very specific both times. I had a very clear energy imprint on what Bigfoot, Bigfoot was, what he felt like, and this was not what I expected. Yeah. I thought it was going to be... I thought it was going to be similar to Bigfoot, maybe like a little bit more aggressive, which also would have been exciting if I'm being perfectly honest. But this was not, um, yeah, it it wasn't, it wasn't anything that I was, (laughs) it wasn't what I was thinking it would be. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think maybe, (laughs) do you think maybe it has to do with like the cultural impact that, that this specific case had? Like maybe that's sort of. Because we talked a lot about how about how maybe this a lot of this was were events or encounters that were inspired by something that existed in flesh and blood form, but wasn't necessarily involved in these specific encounters, right? Mm-hmm. That it was more, you know, social. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, maybe that could, could be. that could make the reading a little more complicated. The fact that that it's you know it's more than just a thing. It's there are a lot of answers. Yeah, yeah. I do think that it is more than just a thing. I think it's real. I, but what real is to me and what real is to you is subjective again. Um, But like, I think, I think there were some man-made experiences, but I do think that at one point it was a real creature. What happened to it after that, I'm not sure. Like, was that last group of cards like a thing that I was, a living thing that I was connecting with or a dead thing that I was connecting with? I don't know. Because the thing about the the desire to not be seen is so strong that that actually will come across in a reading. Like, it, it'll happen with humans too. If you really, really do not want to be perceived or you do not want someone to see information, it it actually does make it harder for the reader. And I can say this as me, Carly, uh, like I have had times when other people tried to read for me and I just was in a whole fucking tizzy and it, it made it hard. Yeah. <laughs> like the energy field, like... um like if this was like a star map there'd be like fucking asteroids all over like uh, stopping your little spaceship <laughs> from landing <laughs> yeah that <laughs> makes sense <laughs> pop culture references save the day <laughs> yeah well that's cool i think yeah. we got as much of an answer as we could possibly hope to get yeah right? yeah for sure yeah yeah this this was a challenging one i liked it yeah i'm a i'm a big fan I'm a big fan. I like not having answers just as much as I like. I like being right. I'm not going to lie. But also, this was a fascinating group of questions and answers for that matter. It's fun to kind of it's it's fun when you sort of have to muddle through and you're, you know, grasping for things that make sense and little pieces to put together. Yeah. Yeah. I like it when I have to work for the answers and I don't necessarily have any great answers for this one, but uh, I'm very happy with it. <laughs> yeah, same here. Well, All hopefully same. we have plenty more of these ahead. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that we have some that have clear cut answers too, because I'd hate to be the (laughs) yes and girl. Uh, Campfire, yes and. Yeah. (laughs) That's going to be the new name. Camp Divination, nay. Camp, (laughs) yes and. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, this was super fun. I I do look forward to as much as I enjoy these more complicated stories and and readings cuz I think a lot of this stuff is never intended to have a clear-cut answer, right? Like mm-hmm. even if you're someone who has learned to push their perception, you know, beyond normal people like you have, I think some things are aren't really meant to be fully understood by people. So Right. I agree. Yeah. But I do look forward to a to a an a, an episode yeah. where the answers aren't maybe. Me <laughs> you know? too. Yeah. <laughs> Not a yes and episode. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I'm excited we'll for get that. There. We'll get but there, I think. Yeah. yeah. No, I um I, I'm gonna keep mulling this over. I'm deeply fascinated by how this one turned out. So Well, well done. if you have well if, done, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, you too. Well done. Thank you. Thank if you, you have any updates, we'll post them on the Instagram and and the TikTok. Yeah. Anything if you if you end up going deeper, getting drawn deeper into oh. this, then we'll do that. Yeah. Well, and for anybody who is listening, if you have thought of a question that you would like me to ask the cards that we did not cover today, or an additional theory that we didn't touch on. Please let um, the guys over at Campfire or myself know, and we can do a follow-up reading and post it to the socials. Yeah, that would be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a really good idea. All right, I think that wraps up the second episode of Camp Divination, The Falk Monster. <laughs>